Thank you, Brother Holland. Another good poem to share. Uh, we will continue in Luke chapter 2 this morning as we get into our Christmas message. While you're making your way there, uh, a couple things I want to m- mention. Uh, one, uh, my wife and I are grateful for the gift that we just received from y'all, and we love y'all, and we love y'all, gift or no gift. <laughs> But we also are grateful that, uh, uh, if you didn't know already, uh, we decided to uh, purchase a a house and change our plans on building our house to a later date, which means that we'll be moving off of the church property, which is is good. It's been a blessing, and we just want to thank you all for allowing us to put our RV on the church property. It's it's been a blessing, and and, uh, the Lord has had his way in all of that. So just thank you all for that. Uh, You'll never know how much it means to us that you guys are uh, willing to uh, help us in those ways. So uh, we love you, and I know the Lord loves you for it as well. John, uh, Luke chapter 2, as we look into Christmas this morning, um, uh, we're going to, uh, ooh, i got to get my notes. I didn't have my pad of paper, so I had to use my electronic notebook. We're going to talk about part of the Christmas story this morning, hopefully uh, in an effort to continue to prepare us for Christmas Day, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then on into another year if the Lord gives it to us to serve him and uh, make disciples, right? So just kind of keep it in mind that I'm expecting excitement from you all this morning, not because only because it's Christmas, but because we are believers and we have Christ, and there's nothing... Uh, better in this world than to have Christ. So you just missed your first opportunity to say amen. Thank you. Here's where I'm at as far as Christmas for 2020. I have uh, encountered or noticed several people who I think are kind of close to me, not like super close to me, but have been close to me at some point in my life. Uh, different families, they don't, they're not connected in any way. It's just different people. And I've noticed that there seems to be, a, uh, how do I say it? There seems to be um, some discouragement going on, right? Understandably. And I don't just mean about what's been going on in this last year. And I don't really even mean about the hard times of just life in general. I do mean that I've heard and talked to several people who have expressed in some way or another that they're just not going to do Christmas this year because they're upset or they're uh, tired of dealing with it, the stress of life. They're just discouraged. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder, is that, is that a, a general feeling across the body of Christ around the world right now? And I hope it's not. I hope it's not. And I can, un- I can totally understand how it is can somebody can get to that point when there's so many things that have been uh, surrounding us as far as seems to be coming against who we are in Christ in the world, right? And I don't mean any one specific thing. I think it's always been going on since Adam and Eve that the world and the wickedness in the world, not everybody, but the wickedness in the world is always against 
the believer, always against those who are in Christ. There is an enemy and he wants to destroy everything about Christianity. And the way he works, it's little bits at a time, little subtle things. It just, he can't take them away from us. He can't take our salvation. He can't take uh, who we are in Christ. He can't take uh, what we celebrate about Jesus being born into the world. And then in Easter, he can't take away the, the fact that Jesus was crucified and resurrected from the dead. He can't change any of that. All he can do is convince us to just stop acknowledging it. To stop worshiping God. To just eventually give up our faith. That's what he's after. And sometimes he will use the events that go on in the world, if not every time, to just continue to chip away at the faith in our hearts. Because I think most people who believe that they're Christians have committed themselves to Christ and accepted him as Lord and Savior, baptized into Christ, forgiven of the sins after repentance and how the gospel goes. I think those genuine believers love God with all of their heart and all of their mind and all of their soul. Pam and I have been running around for the last week moving into this house we just bought, which is an exciting time for us, but at the same time, it's like the worst time in the world to move because it's Christmas. <laughs> so we got there and just in time to set up our Christmas tree and get ready to celebrate Christmas. And it's, it's, a, it's a good time for us, right? The problem is, is we went to a couple different stores earlier last week to maybe buy a few extra things to decorate our house. And all the stores had already put everything up. I think that's strange. I think it's just the way the world is going, in, at least in this year, because of what all the things that are going on. I think that there is a subtle attitude of discouragement that is interfering or possibly could interfere with the way that we celebrate or the way that we get excited about the birth of our Lord, if we're not careful. So it's just today, it was just a reminder today, an encouragement this morning, to not allow that in your heart. Doesn't, I, and I, I realize that we all got some similarities in our stress levels, and then there's some other things that's gone on in your individual life that piles on top of it, but it doesn't change the fact that a Savior was born into the world so that we could have salvation, Right? So it's a good thing to get excited about Christmas and about the baby, Jesus. If the sun burned out and the world was on fire, we should still celebrate Christmas. We should still celebrate the birth of this Savior, this promise fulfilled by God. Look, let's look at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Here's where it says, this is just part of the Christmas story. It's, it's, it's when the shepherds were made aware, okay, and then by the angels. And let's look what it says. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. This is after Jesus was born. And the angels of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. 
Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, here it is in verse 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Isn't that great? It's like you read just, we started reading in verse 8, and we, as we got to verse 14, it just, the intensity just kept building and building and building. Just talking about, just writing down the, the, the account of these shepherds finding out about the baby Jesus being born. And all of heaven was excited about this moment. So much so that they appeared and started shouting and praising God. Glory to God in the highest. These are angelic beings who are only created to do whatever God sends them to do. You and I were created differently. We were created for the purpose of having a relationship with the Creator. We get to choose whether or not we are going to praise Him and worship Him. If God says to the angels, you're going to go and you're going to lift my name up and you're going to praise my name, that's what they're going to do. Isn't that great? The question is, what are you going to do? Because you're created different. You're created to decide whether or not you're going to praise him and worship him and lift his name on high just like they did. Because here's what God wants. See, he wants us to want to love him. He wants us to want to worship him. He wants us to want to lift his name up and praise his name, especially in the darkness of this world. You remember uh, the movie The Grinch? It's a silly movie, but if you watch that movie and pay attention to what it's saying and how it, lay, it plays out, these, little, these people in Whoville had everything in their world stolen from them in the middle of the night, took it all, didn't leave nothing. And when they woke up the next morning and their whole world crashed to the ground, all the joy that they had set up to celebrate their Lord was gone. And they came outside and they started singing and praising God anyway. Isn't that great? It seems like a silly child's movie, but it's a lot of truth in that story, isn't there? Isn't that the way God would have us be? Isn't that the way that God would have us celebrate Christmas every year, good or bad, high or low? In fact, I believe that God would have us celebrate Christmas and Easter every day of the year. Wouldn't you all agree to that? I'm even half tempted to decorate my house even more and leave it up for all of 2021. Because of what happened in 2020, the year 2020. It's like, okay, well, I'll just worship God the whole year then. I'd celebrate Christmas all year long. Isn't that what the Lord would have us do? I'm not saying that it's uh, improper or we're in the wrong if we are discouraged. I'm not saying that we, we're doing something wrong if we're, not, if we're acknowledging how we're being affected by the life that we've been experiencing over the last 12 months or more. We're people, we're human beings, and it has affected us. I think that whatever has happened, good or bad, over the last 12 months should intensify our praise and our worship and our celebration of the birth of our Savior, which 
you know, hopefully, if you're a believer, you know it is the promise that is being fulfilled. That means you get to be saved. Praise the Lord. <laughs> right? Christmas morning is going to come, and it's going to go. And if the Lord gives us another year, January 1st will come and go. And if, and if things are the way they seem to be on a normal basis, we will pick up where we left off with our habits and routines until Easter comes around, and then we'll stop again and acknowledge. But I think that God would have us celebrate Christmas and Easter every day of the year. If we're living that way, intentionally living that way, I think we will be just like verse 14 in where these angelic beings say, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men whom his favor rests. Praise the Lord. And hallelujah. That's what we do. That's how we live. We don't have to walk around saying those words all the time. Nothing wrong with that. But we have to live lives that praise God and lift him up on high. The example of how to react when we encounter the baby, Jesus. Because God is on high, isn't he? If we really believe that he's on high and that he's pure and holy, and especially that he wants us to be with him, why would we not praise him for that? Because we could have some other kind of God, some other creator that doesn't care about us at all. You ever thought about that? We could have had a creator that just wouldn't even think about bringing uh, his son in the flesh for the purpose of dying on the cross. But that's not who our Lord is. Our Lord is one who created people and loves his people overwhelmingly and lavishly. So much so that when people cause themselves to be in dire trouble, he fixed it. And he knew he was the only one who could fix it. Let's, let's, let's look at the, at the next slide. In Isaiah, remember last, I think it was last week, we looked at Isaiah chapter 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I can tell you this right now, y'all. It would be nice to experience a little bit of peace in this part of the world for a change, wouldn't it? And I mean as a whole. You might have peace in your home, praise God. You might have peace at your job. But you might also be surrounded by things that aren't so peaceful. Anybody who's got more than one teenager in the house understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's not always peaceful, is it? It's just the way it is. <laughs> This is who Jesus is. He's the Prince of Peace. And if we understand what that peace is about and, and what it is, then we will be able to recognize and not only recognize but live in that peace no matter how dark the world gets, no matter how bad things seem to be, or how much somebody else in this world takes away your celebration or your uh, uh, holiday decorations, right? Like, like, like the Grinch tried to do. Satan cannot take your peace. 
period. The only way you lose the peace that Jesus died for you to have is if you give it up. And that's why even this Christmas can be a Merry Christmas. Right? Even, I mean, even though you can't travel maybe like you want to, or maybe you won't be able to see the same people or certain people for whatever reasons, this is why people get discouraged. Because it can't be the way it used to be. Or something standing in the way. Or maybe, maybe we've been focused on what's wrong and all the hate and chaos and we've lost sight of Jesus in this world and in our lives. And it's easy to get distracted to the point where Christmas just becomes another day. And the next thing you know, you don't even put up a tree, you don't even put lights on your house, you don't even wrap gifts, you don't even give gifts. And then next thing you know, the church, the whole body of Christ, we don't want to even say Merry Christmas to one another if we allow that to continue. And Satan wins. That's the only way. We can never lose Jesus. We can never lose the peace that Jesus died for. Let's look at John chapter 14 and verse 27. This is where Jesus was talking, uh, teaching, uh, and he's saying, look, uh, the, the disciples at the time, he's saying, look, I'm, I'm about to leave, but don't worry, I'm going to leave you with another counselor. I'm not going to leave you alone. He's going to remind you and teach you of everything that I've taught you. He's going to lead you and he's going to guide you. He's going to come. He's going to do everything you need, you need done. You will not be left alone. And then he says this in verse 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the way Jesus instructed the disciples just before he was going to be crucified and resurrected from the dead and then go and be with the Father. And here we are, all these years later, the same promise. Jesus says, I will leave you peace. That tells me that if there's only one thing that I need, to live in this world and honor God, it's his peace. If there's only one thing I need to be faithful and stand firm and never shrink back, it's his peace in my heart. If there's only one thing I need to celebrate his birth and his death and his resurrection and my salvation and your salvation, it's his peace. If there's only one thing I need to survive persecution and be faithful and stand before the Lord and see and hear the words well done good and faithful servant it's his peace it's what led Paul to sing hymns in prison it's what led Stephen to be stoned to death and never re, uh, retract from loving God it's what kept all of these disciples who began the work of the of the body of Christ from shrinking back in the face of the enemy and continue to preach the gospel they stood, they stood before other men who were trying to destroy Christ and said, who should we listen to, you or God? We pick God. And I say to you, it doesn't seem as intense as then, but now if you're discouraged or if you know someone who's discouraged, you're facing the same question. The world who, who doesn't love God would have you just stop being a Christian. Stop worshiping God. Stop serving God. They would just as soon not have Christmas or Easter. Not even talk about God. And here we are. 
approaching Christmas Day, and there are some, I pray not many, but there are some who are so discouraged that they're just going to skip Christmas this year. Believers I'm talking about. And it's sad. And I pray for them that they would be encouraged. Right? Do not give your faith away. Do not shrink back from the important things of Christ. Christmas and Easter are the two most important celebrations of the Christian life. Wouldn't you agree with that? Without neither one of them, there's no hope. And then we might as well just forget it and go along with what the world wants to do. I pray that each one of us would have a Merry Christmas. I pray that each I pray that this Christmas morning around the world, Whoville comes out of their houses singing Christmas hymns. And those who hate God would repent because they hear those Christmas hymns. Your neighbors who don't seem to love God or your co-workers who seem to be against the, the Christian faith see the joy that comes from the peace of Christ in your hearts. And they start realizing that maybe this God is real. And maybe I do need that peace. I got to tell you, when people see peace in your life, true peace, the peace of Christ, when they see that, it's almost irresistible. That's the reason why I'm saved. I kept looking around, seeing everyone like, these people work just as hard as I do. All these people that live around me don't do anything more than I do. How come they have peace and can, and can get along in life? And I'm struggling all this time. That was the question I had asked myself just before I got saved. Because I saw something in them that I didn't have. And at the time, I didn't know what it was, but then when I met Jesus, it was all clear. I'm like, oh yeah, we've got to go that way. Because I can't do that on my own. Right? And there's people that's living around us every day that need what we have. And if we can't get ourselves in line with the peace of Christ and get away from the stress of life, we will never be able to present it to them. Do y'all realize that most people come to church on Christmas and Easter? That's about all they do sometimes. Why wouldn't we be like full on presenting the body of Christ, the peace of Christ, the love of Christ in those times? And I'm not saying don't, don't acknowledge your discouragement or the hard times that we're having and the effects of what's going on in the world. I'm just saying let's let the world know that, yeah, we're in this. We're struggling, too. But, hey, we got Jesus. We got peace and we're going to make it. And even if it gets worse, we're still going to make it. We're still going to praise God. We still have that. And it will never go away. Breaks my heart to see people who I know love the Lord and have been faithful for so long start to give up. I don't judge them because I know that I could give up just as easy as they could. We're all, we're all the same, aren't we? That's why we need each other. That's why we have to support one another. That's why the peace that's in me should overflow into your life. And the peace that's in you should overflow into my life. That's the church. That's what we read in Acts chapter 2. They all shared life together. And no one had need because they loved one another. And they did life together. They had the same spirit in them. 
they had the same peace. Look what it says here. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Easier said than done, isn't it? Let's go over to Philippians chapter 4 and see what that book tells us about living the Christian life and persevering. Chapter 4, verse 4 through 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Notice the exclamation point. <laughs> That's the NIV. Hope the rest of them have it. Let, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. That's good news. Don't be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And it's, look what it says here. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Good night, y'all. I don't know, I mean, I don't know how many times this past year I have been stressed out beyond my limits. But this is what saves you. Because each one of us have hundreds of reasons a day, a week, a month to just give up and say it's just too hard. But this one reason is enough to ignore all of those, isn't it? It says the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. The word transcends means it goes beyond the limits of the understanding. I don't understand what the Lord's doing. I don't understand why we're living the way we've been living for, for this whole year. I don't understand why the last 49 years have been the way they've been for me. I don't understand why some of y'all suffer the way that you have to, because life happens. I don't understand it. And I don't understand why God would bless me in the middle of it. But there's peace in my heart because I know that I can trust Him with all of it. And I know that if he wants to help me by blessing me or if he wants to correct me by uh, uh, convicting me or if he wants to help me grow by experiencing hardship or perse uh, persevering times that I need to uh, stay firm in, whatever he's doing, I can trust it and I take peace in that. And the only reason I know I can trust it is because I believe that Jesus was born in as a baby and he was God in the flesh to be on the cross to be my savior I believe it it's absolute truth I, I'm a person that needs absolutes I have to know if this is black or white I need to know what it is I don't want vague stuff especially when it comes to important things in life I want to know where you stand and I want you to know where I stand. Isn't it great to know where God stands? 
No one's ever made a, a, a stand and a firm statement better than God himself when he sent Jesus into the world. <laughs> this little baby. So it was such a great stand, such a great statement that angels and angelic beings were coming along saying, praise be to God on the high. Notice it says, on earth peace to men on whom his faith rests. Peace on earth. When Jesus came into the world, peace entered the world. It was totally in the darkness because of sin. Jesus is born to the Virgin Mary, this little baby, this little baby, little bitty baby, comes into the world just as promised, as prophesied, just a little baby. And we have to understand that this baby was just like any other baby in his human form. He cried. He needed to eat. He might have gotten sick. Because babies get sick sometimes. You don't believe me? Get, find one and shake it up a little bit after you. You'll be all over your shirt. He was, he was fully human being. And when that baby came into the world, peace entered the world. For the purpose of being available to every person. We know that from John 3.16, don't we? Anyone who's not experiencing the peace of Christ, it's either because they haven't received Jesus or they've rejected Jesus altogether. Sometimes even the believer can fall away or kind of get so in the dark that we are missing what we already have. And I hope that this Christmas, wherever you are, you get recharged. Because you're reminded about the peace that lives in your heart if you're a believer. If you're not a believer and you're sitting back going, I'm not a believer. I don't have that. It's fine. You can change that today. All you have to do is accept that Jesus is the Christ. That he was born in the flesh to be the Savior. And he died, was buried, and resurrected from the dead. And by faith you can be saved. By faith you can have the peace that I'm talking about. And if you're, not, if you're not saved, whether you're here or online, if you're not saved, I suggest you consider it seriously and give yourself the best Christmas gift you could ever give yourself. It will change your life. And it will get you through the dark times. And just imagine, if it gets you through the dark times when things are great, they won't be able to shut us up. <laughs> they shouldn't be able to shut us up now. I love you and the Lord loves you. We're going to sing a song together. Wherever you are, wherever you are in your heart and in your mind, let's draw on the peace that we have in Christ, the promise that was fulfilled in our own hearts. Y'all ready? Let's stand together and we'll sing.